challenge you one more time, uh, and that's what this lesson is going to be about again, is as we close out 2009, did you share your testimony with anybody in 2009? As we end this year, did you help share the good news, and did you have the joy of doing that? And then another way of putting Christ is through song, and that's what this series is about. And so I've asked uh, Dana and Kirk to bring us some special music, because, hey, it's just song. And, and we have talented people that are dedicated their gifts to God and using them. Amen? And so let's enjoy them. Yeah.
Thank you, guys. That is excellent. 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 And uh, that's just a little taste of what these guys experienced. And when you think about what Dana just sang, uh, it's in the context of evangelism. It's in the context of fulfilling God's mission. The joy of the song it results in the sharing of the gospel. And the sharing of the gospel results in the joy of the song. And uh, this this message has gotten a little hijacked by the scriptures. I hope you don't mind about that. Uh, you know, I have ideas and then there's God's word. And, and I'd much rather have you hear God's word. And uh, I've just been impressed both from last week, this week, and what we're going to see next week. A new pattern that I haven't seen in these Christmas stories. And it's by looking at these songs. And it's this, that these songs are all about breaking the silence. They're all about breaking silence. Uh, there is silence for 400 years. There's silence on the night of these angels. Can you ma- uh, the night of these shepherds? Can you imagine what that was like? Have you been out late at night, at worked a night shift, or been up through the night and been outside, and it's still and there's little noises here and there, but it's familiar noises. It's it's the stillness of the night. And then, can you imagine being there when this just breaks out? I mean, it just boom right before you and and uh, there's a messenger from heaven. The glory of God is around you. And and then there's a heavenly army that invades the earth and begins to sing. The silence is broken. And then the pattern that we're seeing is it's broken in two ways. The sharing of the gospel from a heart that's filled with song. And so, again, I want to challenge you. Where are you this Christmas? Where are you? Where is your heart? Are you, are, is your song filled with the joy of Christ? And if not, what is robbing you of that joy? Because whatever's robbing you of that joy, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And part of the joy you may be missing is the joy of sharing Christ with others. And so, as we look at this, uh, once again we see the good news is in this passage, just like we saw in Zechariah. Now, an overview of the passage, uh, beginning in verse 8 through 11, you have the saying of the angel. The angel comes and he shares the gospel. In verse 12, you have the sign of the angel. And Bruce will be expounding on that upstairs in our worship service. And the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. In verses 13 and 14, they break out and you see the song of the angels. But then in verses 15 through 20, you have the sharing and the singing of the shepherds. But I want to take that and break it down into two parts. It's really about angels singing and sharing, and then shepherds singing and sharing. And Zach captured the point of this lesson when he said, we're going to sing Hark the Herald Angels, and we're going to fulfill the role of the angels. And that's the point of this passage. Real simple. The angels come, and they share and they sing. The shepherds hear, and they leave. What do they leave doing? Sharing and singing. And once you really have the heart of Christmas in your life, Uh, Listen, if you don't leave 2009 sharing and singing, then you haven't met Christ. It's really that simple. And if we don't enter into 2010 sharing and singing, then there's something wrong. There's a disconnect between us and the gospel. 
I don't know what that disconnect is. It may be that you're not saved. That's something that you need to settle between you and God. In fact, I heard as you were sharing around the table, some of you shared, hey, at this age, I thought I was saved. Later, I was convicted again and realized that I hadn't really been saved. And then I settled it and haven't had those doubts ever since. So I don't know what the disconnect may be. It may be salvation. It may be sin. It may be just laziness and apathetic. And just selfishness has gotten in the way and squelched the song and silenced your lips. But I know this. There's two reasons to break the silence in this passage. And the first is this. Hearing the good news is rare. Hearing the good news is rare. I want to give you four reasons from this passage why we should share the gospel. And the reason is it's so rare to hear it. This is an unusual event. And we get really familiar with the gospel, don't we? We just get used to it always being here. We get used to coming to Glenwood, and the Word of God will be open, and we will hear from word, from God, not from men. And that's just as it should be, and our life feels good, and things feel as though they ought to be. But listen, it's rare for, to hear the gospel, and the number one reason is it's revealed from heaven. Using that as an acronym, the R in rare, it's revealed from heaven by the Lord. It's revealed from heaven by the Lord. Now, wait a minute. I thought this passage was all about angels. Yes, but whose angels are they? Look at verse 9. Great, Diana. Look at verse 9. Behold an angel of who? Of the Lord. Of the Lord. The first thing I want you to see is that the good news, the gospel, is from the Lord. He is the one who sent the messengers. Look again at verse 9. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, but what surrounded them? The glory of the Lord surrounded them. Again, I mean, see, this is why these messages get hijacked, because you, you think you know what the thing means, and then you study it. And you start thinking, you know, I know angels, I've taught on this passage numerous times, but I really looked at it today, or this week, fresh and anew, and seen that it's all about the Lord. The angels stood before them, but the glory of the Lord surrounded them. And do you realize that this is the first time that the glory of the Lord has appeared after more than 400 years? Remember when we studied Ezekiel, the glory of the Lord departed from the temple not to return? All of a sudden, the silence has been broken with the appearance of the glory of the Lord. Wow! And it surrounded them and it didn't destroy them. Why? Because it was there to bring good news. It was there to bring good news. He is the one who sent the messengers. And you know what Romans 10 says? How will they hear unless there's a preacher? And how will there be a preacher unless he is sent? And so as significant as the angels are, the one who sent them is the greater one. He is the one who is sharing the good news. We know that because in verse 9, it says that the glory of the Lord shone around them. But also look at verse 15. What did the shepherd say after listening to the angels? Hey, the angels told us something. No, what do they say in verse 15? The Lord... Has made known to us. And that made known is revealed. It means revealed throughout the scriptures. The Lord has revealed this. This isn't about the angels. And see, this is what's so interesting is the angels have been hijacked on our cards. They've been hijacked in our uh, Christmas specials. There's angels everywhere. But guess who's missing? The one who sent them. 
and the glory of the Lord is missing. And that's what's most important. Therefore, He is the one who deserves all the glory. He sent the messengers. He is the one who is sharing the good news. Therefore, He gets all the glory. The angels knew this. Look at verses 13 and 14. The first thing out of their mouth after the first angel spoke is not, hey, let's glorify angels. What's the first thing they say in verse 14? Glory to God in the highest. It's He who is revealing the message. And then the shepherds knew this because in verse 20, after all of this experience, they didn't go away glorifying the experience. They didn't go away glorifying angelic beings. Look at verse 20. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all things. Second thing I want you to see about the good news, it's not only from the Lord, but it's God's revelation. The good news is God's revelation. I love verses 10 and 11. It says, Then the angel said to them, I bring you. I bring you. I love that. See, those simple words get overlooked, but think about that. I bring to you. In other words, what what he is saying is, if I don't speak this, you won't know it. You're not going to look at those sheep all night. You can look at those sheep all night long, look at the starry skies, think real philosophical thoughts. You can meditate on your sinfulness and how rotten the world is all you want, and you're not going to come up with good news. You're not going to come up with good news until you see and hear God's revelation. One of my assignments for uh, this upcoming seminar is that I read the whole New Testament and find as many principles on evangelism and church growth in the New Testament. So I've got about one-third, almost one-half read, over 600 principles, probably another 600 to go by February. Exciting. But what's interesting about it just like reading the Bible in 90 days or whatever else you're doing. Got my face in the Word of God. And amazed again that it's all in here. It's all in here. And the older I get, and the more I have to deal with the sin of this world and the sin of my heart, the more I'm convinced you're never going to get your answers, you're never going to get your solutions with this book closed. You've got to get in the revelation. It's all revealed. It's right here. And it's just amazing what God keeps revealing. So here he says, I bring this to you. Verse 15. He says, this thing. Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And then in verse 17, it says, Now when they had seen him, they made widely widely known the saying. This thing and the saying in verses 15 and 17 is the Greek word rhema. Rhema. It's the, uh, uh, the second most often used word for the Word of God. Lagos. Lagos, you're familiar with that Greek word? Rhema. It's the spoken word. It's a specific ma- message. And what they are so amazed at is not angels, not some heavenly vision. What, they're, what they are uh, captured by and what they are moved by and what they are changed by is the rhema of the Lord, the saying, the revelation, which has been made known to them. And this phrase, 
phrase made known to them. I trace that out through the New Testament. You know what that's always used as? It's used as a word of God revealing truth to men and women and people. God revealing truth most often through preaching and teaching of his messengers. Well, that's exactly what's going on here. Do you know angel means messenger? And so God's messengers are revealing God's truth. And it's revealed in two ways, by singing and by sharing. By singing and by sharing. In the first half of this passage, it's the angels singing and sharing. In the second half, it is the shepherds. You know, Luke 24, the, this gospel of Luke ends with singing and sharing. And here's how it ends. Luke 24 52 through 53. Jesus has given the Great Commission and He goes up into heavens. The last two verses of Luke. Luke 24, 52 through 53. And they worshipped Him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Listen. When you are captured by the revelation of God... You will share it with others and you will do it with a heart filled with joy and singing. The third thing I want you to see is that the good news is God's revelation from heaven. It's good news from God. It's good news that God reveals and it's good news from heaven. And this is really emphasized. It was emphasized in the song that Dana sang. In verse 13, suddenly there was an angel uh, with the angel, a multitude of the what host? The heavenly host. And then what do they say in their song? Glory to God in the highest. And then notice, so it was in verse 15, when the angels had gone away from them, they went back to where? From heaven. This is really emphasized in this passage. Again, the good news is rare because it's revealed from heaven by the Lord. Are you getting the point? The gospel is revealed by the highest of the highs. It comes from above down to us. And so are you ready to apply this? Here's the application. The gospel is a message from God to us for our good and for His glory. It's not a man-made message. It's not a man-made religion. This isn't something that was thought up in a philosophy book that came from a religion that has evolved over time. This is an invasion of earth with a new revelation, with a new message. This is not man's speculation or philosophical reasoning. This is a message from the highest of the highs. And this is a message from our Creator who also wants to be our Redeemer and Savior. It is though on that night, you know how the, the old thing would say, uh, we interrupt this program for a message from our sponsor. Well, uh, Monty Python said it this way, we interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> Which I kind of like that. And, uh, and plus to quote Monty Python is pretty cool too. Right, Ty? And so, uh, but here's what he's doing. Here in the middle of the night, we interrupt your life to bring you a message from your Creator with good news. And that is good news. Because He's going to interrupt our lives again in the future. And it won't be with good news. It will be with judgment and wrath and giving an account for all that we have done in the flesh. <coughs> And so here's the good news. People 
will not come up with this on their own unless it's revealed to them. That's why it's so rare. Second reason why it's so rare to hear the gospel is it's A, announced by angels. It is announced by angels. Notice all through this passage, even though God is the one revealing it, this is what blows me away. The glory of the Lord's around them, but He still uses messengers to relate the message. And again, I think this is what uh, recently I told you when I studied Jonah. What has just hit me again is that God is so committed to getting the good news out, and yet He's equally committed to using the likes of us. I just don't get it. And yet that's the way it's going to be. Now, was it an angel? Yes. It says the angel of the Lord, or an angel of the Lord, and that's good that it says and, because everywhere the phrase angel of the Lord appears in the New Testament, it never has a definite article. It never says the angel of the Lord, because we know from the Old Testament who was that. That was Jesus. This couldn't be Jesus, because where's Jesus right at this moment? Or in the manger. In the manger, yeah. He's, he's, he's wrapped up in swaddling clothes. The second person of the Trinity has taken on flesh. So this is not the angel of the Lord. This is a angel of the Lord. And when you think of angel, you need to understand the word simply means messenger. This is a messenger from the Lord. Now, we know it's from the Lord because we've already talked about it. It says that. But what angel was it? Now, Luke doesn't tell us who this angel was. But very likely, it was the angel Gabriel. Why would we say that? Well, because already in Luke chapter 1, an angel messenger has shown up twice. And both times, he's identified himself as who? As Gabriel, both to Zechariah in the temple and both to Mary. And so, more than likely, this was Gabriel as well. But what about the rest of the angels in the heavenly chorus? What about them, the mighty hosts? Who, uh, what kind of angels were they? Well, these were the angels that surround the throne of God in heaven. This is what I mean. This is an army. This is an invasion God is penetrating the earth. They are not... Now, what kind of angels are they? They're not wimpy toilet paper carrying cherubs in a Charmin commercial. Get that idea out of your mind. They're not girly looking spirits with wings fluttering behind them and fairy dust sprinkled all over them. Get that out of your mind. This is not John Travolta making wisecracks, getting drunk and hitting on women. Great movie, but get that image out of your mind, okay? I forgot what's the name of that movie. Michael, there you go. And uh, that's not what it is. These are strong and mighty created beings that always appear as men and almost always cause people to fall down in fear and trembling. If you don't see a representation of an angel that makes you drop down and and cry out in fear, then you you haven't seen a biblical angel. And this is who they are. So what's the point? The gospel is announced by the strongest of the strong. It's revealed by the highest of the highs. It's announced by the strongest of the strong. Now, what's the application of that for you and me? I've already said one thing. God always uses messengers to communicate the good news. There is no plan B. And we have got to get an outward focus because here's the deal. Many of you have children, and you are highly, highly committed to bringing those kids to this church for what reason? To hear the gospel from God's messengers. 
whether that be in the Discovery Hour, whether that be in the Promise Kids, Kingdom Kids, or in Youthquake, it doesn't matter. You have that commitment because you care about those kids. Now, here's the question. If we care about our neighbors, it, we're going to be equally concerned about getting them here to hear God's messengers, but even more so, we're going to have to take the message to them because not all of them are going to come here initially to hear the message. We have got to take the gospel to where people are. He uses created beings. That's what angels were. That's what we are. He used, peop- he used beings who spent time in His presence. Angels do that. He used beings who were submitted to the sovereign lordship of God. They worshipped around the heavenly throne. We can do that. He uses people who are dedicated to doing His will. Everything that an angel is, we can be that much and more. And you know why? Because we have the choice to be those things. Now you say, that's not me. Then I need, you need to ask yourself, why isn't you? Why isn't it you? Why isn't it you? Why isn't it me? I would go back through those description and ask myself, well, first of all, am I a created being? Do we all qualify? Okay. Spend time in His presence. How'd that go 2009? How'd that go this week? How's that going to go this week? Submitted to His sovereign lordship. What has God spoken to me about that I'm resisting? What has He told me to stop doing that I won't do? That I, that I won't stop doing? What has He asked me to do that I won't start doing? Where is it? I told you I recently... Uh, talked to my neighbor and he shared, you know, I think uh, God's going to come along and tell me to stop doing something and then how I respond to that is going to determine whether this is really real in my life. And I said, that's good, but there's another side to that. What if God says to start doing something that you haven't been doing? How are you going to respond to that will also reveal where you are in relationship to the Lord. What about dedicated to doing His will? You see, these are the kind of people that God wants to use to share the gospel. And to be quite honest with you, that's why it's so rare to hear the gospel. Because there's not a lot of messengers willing to become the kind of people that God wants to use. And please don't understand, uh, we'll see in a moment, this was received by shepherds. So uh, we're not talking about super Christians. We're not talking about being something you're not. Shepherds were what? Shepherds. Guess what they got to be? Shepherds. And guess what? who they were when they shared? They were shepherds. Did they stop being shepherds just because they heard the gospel? You don't have to stop being a woman when you get saved. You don't have to stop being a man when you get saved. You know, sometimes, well, I just won't even all get into that. I'm telling you, religion can do wacky things to the gender roles of people, just like our culture. But the gospel doesn't do that. The gospel helps a woman become the best woman she can be and a man to become the best man he can be and the the most quietest person to be the best quiet person they can be and the most extroverted person to be the most extroverted person. You don't have to stop being you. God created you. Can I hear an amen? amen? But He didn't create us to be silent and sour pusses that go through life 
bitter, complaining, and grumpy all the time, and irritated and selfish and demanding our own way and not thinking about the concerns of other people. That's not right. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. And we all need that. I'm preaching to myself. I'm not getting on you, but I'm trying to get down to the root of it. And so here it is. The strength to witness does not come from us, but from Him and spending time with Him and spending time in His presence and being committed to His purpose and being dependent on His strength. Listen, angels weren't who they were because they were angels. They were who they were because of who created them and who they spent time with. You got that? They didn't have this in themselves. It was who God made them to be. And God is making you to be the same thing. Now, why is hearing the gospel so rare? Because God's messengers are not committed to breaking the silence by sharing the gospel in His strength and for His glory and for the good of others. But there's a third reason. Number three, it's received by shepherds. Now, this is where I said, this was where the hope comes in. Because, you know, so far we've looked at God and angels, and I'm like, man, I don't have a lot in common with them, but I can relate to shepherds. And this passage is all about the shepherds. Look at verses 8 through 12. In the same country, there were shepherds. And then it says, their flocks. And then it says, before them, around them, to them, I bring to you, to you, to you, to you. What's the significance of that? Shepherds are the lowest of the lowest. They were like the untouchable of India. No one wanted to be around them. No one wanted to be associated with them. They, they had an unclean job, and everything in Judaism was about cleanliness and acceptability. They couldn't worship in the temple because of their occupation. They were the untouchable. They were the unlikable. They were probably not much higher than a leper. You know, I, Probably lepers were lower than shepherds, but you get the idea. Shepherds represent the lowest of the lows. They represent the weakest of the weak in society, the dirtiest of the dirty, the loneliest of the lonely, the most despised of the despised, the most unworthy of the unworthy, the most undeserving of the undeserving, and the most ignored of the ignored. Are you getting the point? Do you qualify? I do. See, all our excuses for why we can't do the Great Commission, are wiped out by the shepherds. See, they were insignificant. I'm insignificant. Okay. You're you're a shepherd. Okay. Get over it. You say, well, I'm ignorant. I, I I don't know. You think these guys were studying Scripture out there? No. They didn't know it unless God revealed it, unless they dedicated them to it. You say, yeah, but but I don't have influence in society. You're a shepherd. Great. You can still do it. You can still do it. Here is the deal. It's revealed by the highest of the highs. It's announced by the strongest of the strong, but it's received by the lowest of the lows. You say, why does this make the gospel so rare? The reason it makes it so rare is because you've got to be a shepherd to receive the gospel and to really hear it. In other words, it's not about us. It's about God. Only those who need God come to God. It's for the humble. It's not for the proud. It's for the poor in spirit, not the rich. It's for the needy, not the self-sufficient. It's for sinners, not the righteous. It's for the imperfect and the broken, not the perfect and complete. You see, we all qualify. Amen? We all qualify 
And yet, that's why the gospel's so rare, because we always, as people in general, want to say, well, I'm self-sufficient, I don't need God, I don't need religion, that's a crutch for weak people. But it was received by shepherds. People just like you and I. Final, final reason for hearing the gospel is so rare is that it explains both the message and the meaning of Christmas. It explains both the message and the meaning of Christmas. Look at verses 11, uh, or actually verse 11, uh, 11 through 12 is the message of Christmas, and then the meaning of it is in the song. So first they speak the message, then they sing about the meaning. So let's look at the meaning of Christmas, and let's look at that verse. He says, here's the saying, here's the revelation, here's the good news, verse 11 and 12. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, and it's real simple, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I'd circle all three of those words. Savior, Christ, and Lord. That's the message of the gospel. And then the rest of the verse uh, 12 is the sign. So let me give you the, 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 the meaning, uh, uh, the, the message as it's explained in these three names for Christ. First of all, Jesus is our sin bearer. The baby born in Bethlehem is our sin bearer. He is our sin bearer. That's what Savior means. Savior who meets the greatest needs of all people. And I'm sure you've heard this before, but it's always bears repeating at Christmas. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us what? An educator. If our greatest need had been technology, what would He have sent? A scientist. If our greatest need had been money, it would have been an economist. If the greatest need had been pleasure, then He would have provided an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness, so God sent a Savior. He sent a Savior. But what kind of Savior is this? Here's the second name. He's Christ. The baby born in Bethlehem is God's promise keeper. He's not just a sin bearer. He's a promise keeper. And that's what Christ means. Christ means the the anointed one, the promised one. And this baby is the promised Savior who will come and keep all of God's promises in the Scripture. And then the third name, Lord. He is the God-revealer. The baby born in Bethlehem is the God-revealer. That's what Lord is. Lord is the name Yahweh in the Old Testament. And it means this, that Jesus is not only a Savior, He's not only the Jewish Messiah, but He is God Himself, God in the flesh. And that's the message of the Gospel. That God has become man to die for our sins, rise from the dead, so that we could have salvation. Listen to 1 Timothy 3.16. It says this. 1 Timothy 3.16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. That's the gospel. And that's what was revealed. But what does it mean? Well, the meaning is found in the song. <laughs> and the song is very uh, controversial. But I, I, I printed it out to you, and it just it's, it's peace on earth. But what's that mean? It means God has graciously chosen to make His salvation available down here on earth. And the peace He's talking about is not peace with one another. 
It's not peace between nations. It's not a peace apart from God. It's not a peace of just getting along with one another. It's not even just the forgiveness of sins. The peace here is shalom from the Old Testament. It's the total package of salvation. It's everything you ever dreamt life could be and should be, and it's everything that God promised it ought to be. That's what peace on earth is. God has promised us everything. Complete satisfaction. You say, I don't see that right now. And we won't see that right now until when? Until Christ comes back. It's now, not yet. Do you have it in your heart? You can. And one day it will be on the whole earth, but not till He comes again. Now comes the difficult part. Goodwill among men. What does that mean? It means simply this. God has chosen to announce His salvation to all people and graciously chosen to elect some people to receive it. You see, a lot of people think this means peace on earth among people who get along with one another. And so the message of Christmas is, let's just all get along. Let's be Scrooge. Let's get along with each other. Let's have a change of heart. And then there will be peace on earth. How many of you heard President Obama's acceptance speech for the Nobel Peace Prize? He told the Christmas story in this way. Forget the politics. Think about the theology. The theology of his message was, let's just all get along. Peace on earth. That's what religion is about. Well, that may be what religion is about, but that's not what the gospel is about. The gospel is that God has invaded this planet and He has every right to judge us for our sins, but instead He has come with good news that I have favor among men of those I have chosen to save. You say, well, how do I know if I'm one of the chosen? The way you know is when the gospel is preached, you accept it. And when you accept it, you're one of the chosen. Were the shepherds chosen? Yeah. How do we know? Because they accepted. Because when they heard it, they accepted it. God chooses His people and He chooses to save them through His good grace and favor and through the preaching of the gospel that we don't deserve. It's rare. It's rare. It's revealed from heaven. It's been announced by angels. It's received by the lowest of the lows. And it explains the meaning that God has invaded the earth to graciously choose and save those who are His through the preaching of the gospel. And then the message is this. Who gets the glory? Glory to God in the highest. You see, it's not about us. It's about Him. And what I left for you at the end of this message is, how do you apply this? Well, the way you apply it is by sharing this good news with others if you've received it. And how do I share it? I share it with joy. Jesus has to become first. Here's what's amazing about the shepherds. What's the first thing they did when they heard the gospel? They ran to Jesus. You say, but he was a baby. It didn't matter. He was still Lord Christ and God, and he ran. And then the second thing they did was tell others. And the third thing they did was think of themselves. That's the whole message right there. You have a song in your heart? You got somebody you can share with? You got someone you can invite? What's more important? You got the joy, Jesus, others, you. That's where the joy is. That's where the song is. Let's do that. Amen? Let's do that. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you that uh, you invaded 
this planet, but Lord, what I'm more thankful for is you invaded my life and you brought people into my life that cared more about you and about me than they did about themselves. And they, in the normal course of their living, loved me, challenged me, challenged me to get in your word, asked me about my walk with you. They asked me where I was in relation to you and they invited me into the fellowship of this church. And Lord, here I heard the revelation that is so rare that I hadn't heard for 17 years, though I'd been in church every single week of my life. And Lord, there's a joy and a song that my circumstances cannot rob me of. But more importantly, Lord, there's a growing burden for the people around me. And so I pray, Lord, that every one of us will have that experience, that every one of us will have that song in our heart, that every one of us will settle where we are in relation to You before this week ends, even before this day ends. And as Dana and Kirk showed us, we will sing Hosanna to the highest, and we will go out as shepherds, lowly shepherds, insignificant but Lord, chosen of you to be your messengers with this good news. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.